In the spirit of reconciliation, we want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples today. Um, from here, I would like to pass it on to Dipen, who would give you guys a quick rundown of the program and the context. Dipen. Thank you, Saraf. Um, good evening, everyone, and thank you for being on this call. Um, for all the papas and mamas, whoever is joining, whoever had joined. Um, it's difficult. Mirapane uh, two years so it's kind of difficult to manage the day and call like this. Um, so give a give um, a pat on your back uh, for being able to join this call because you are thinking something good for yourself as a parent and uh, and um, you know overall um, to do something good for your little ones as well. Um, so Maile Agbine mentioned Anusara, I think we our primas, the session would be predominantly um, in English. Um, the contents and presentation are in English. Um, however, the pair like Punebuni questions are let's discuss it. Um, we can discuss it in Nepali as well. Right, uh, Kunebuni feedback or or if you have clarification to give back later and contact, and you can always reach out to uh, myself and Mukunda, who is also uh, um, our um, management team for this session, uh, as well as Saurabh. Um, if you directly want to reach out to the speaker, um, I think I'll, I'll let the speaker say that towards um, their um, coverage and presentation and towards the end of the presentation. Um, just to um, surfacely go through what we are doing today and what we are going to cover is mainly on speech development in um, children. Uh, we'll talk about the milestones and we'll also talk about the transition uh, from home to school. And the scope of this session is um, at this stage is just limited because we are only touching based on the basics. Um, the topic itself is very um, in-depth and we might have to go through in that um, you know uh, kind of content um, on the later stage in in, in future, uh, but at this stage, what we are looking at is you know the, when kids growing up, they have their natural um, process of learning um, languages and you know going through the number of speech uh, milestones. Um, and however, it is very important for a bilingual parents like us living in Australia and to have a careful understanding of what that milestones are and how they are developing it um, so that we can you know plan and have um, awareness of early intervention if required and prepare a strategies and for correct guidance um, so on this session we will touch based on the part one who will um, that will be presented by Savi Hamal and we will do a quick introduction of um, um, Sabi Hamal as a um, guest speaker one. Um, so you'll have a coverage mainly on um, what is speech pathology, who is the speech pathologist and what does a speech pathologist do, um, what are the speech development stages, um, importance of early intervention, uh, bilingual environment and some of the other content regarding um, speech um, development. Um, on the part two, uh, we also have Mr. Nabin Vandari, um, who is going to, um, you know, take us through um, how to handle transition from home to school or preschool, um, language transition while starting school, and few tips and um, for parents and guardians. Um, towards the end of the presentation, we are going to have Q&A from um, everyone in, in the call if you have any questions. Um, if you have any questions during the presentation itself, you can just text us in the chat box or you can just write it down um, so that you don't forget. Um, with that, um, I'll get let this um, 
keep going and back to Sarah for the introduction of guest speaker one. Thank you, Dipen. Uh, for our guest speaker, we have Miss Savi Hamal. She has been working as speech pathologist for close to five years, experienced working with children as young as eight months and with adults as well. She's main caseload for both verbal and nonverbal individuals with disability. She has also worked with indi individuals with autism, ADHD, dyslexia, intellectual disability, Down syndrome, Hunter's disease, fragile X syndrome, cerebral palsy and speech delays cases. Her involvement and working with kids ranges from schools, preschools, daycare and disability employment services. Um, I would also like to um, give a quick snapshot of our guest speaker too. Uh, Mr. Navin Pandari has he has history in working with children programs over two decades. He has specialization in early childhood education and care and have involvement in numerous roles in multiple private local government and non-profit organizations. He has served his duties on a directional position at Community Kids and YMCA Perth. On his recent role, he was a center director at Marylinga Young Children Foundation, Perth, and current owner and MD at Samson Kindergarten. So I believe, I think um, we can pass the, inside the program um, and pass the mic on to Savi to get started off. Uh, until, unless uh, Dipin has anything to add on to that. Good to go, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, Savi, uh, you can share your screen and it's all yours. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Dipin Dai, for allowing me to be here and present today. Um, really appreciate and I think this is a great gesture that you initiative that you put together. Um, so I have only been given 10 to 15 minutes to do my speech, so I might not be able to go in detail um, um, about all the topics. So if you do have any questions, please feel free to contact me directly at savvy at speechify.net.au. But um, I think Dip and I will also be providing the email at the end um, for you guys. Okay, so let's talk about the roles of the speech pathologist. So we assess and treat communication and swallowing disorders, but there's more to it. We help um, individuals with speech difficulties, so um, kids or adults who have um, difficulties with speech clarity, pronunciation, language. So if a child or an adult um, uh, has limited vocab, um, they can't form sentences, poor grammar, we can help with that. Um, we help kids develop early literacy skills, so getting them ready for school. Um, we support their reading, we, um, spelling. Um, we develop play skills for children and also for um, younger adults, uh, older kids, uh, adult social communication skills. Um, we also help with fluency. So if you stutter or um, know someone that stutters, you can send them to us and we will help them um, will help them to manage the stutter. We look at voice difficulties. So if someone's got a hoarse voice or vocal nodules, um, we can also help with um, voice and voice difficulties. Feeding, so if you've got a problem eater, a child that's a problem eater, we can help you expand the food that, the amount of food they eat, um, explore um, different kinds of food for them. And lastly, swallowing difficulties. So if uh, an adult has had a stroke or if anyone's had a stroke or you choke when you're swallowing, um, we can help you modify your diet and we can also um, teach you how to do a safe swallow. Okay, so who can see a speech pathologist? Um, anyone pretty much can see a speech pathologist, whether you're a, a, an infant, child or an adult. If you've got a communication difficulty, swallowing difficulty and feeding difficulties, um, you would um, go to a speech pathologist. So we also provide education and support to families, carers and educators. 
Um, we work very closely with other health professionals to, to make sure that we are providing a holistic approach um, intervention. Um, we see people with the various diagnoses so um, some to name are um, individuals who, who have had a stroke, brain injury, um, kids, um, adults with autism, jam syndrome, fragile X, hearing impairment, um, learning disabilities. Now, so importance of early intervention. Um, so I'm sure that you all, you've all heard about early intervention. It's best to um, teach the child now, it's, uh, but why? Why is it so important that I teach my child right now? Why is it that I have to go um, do all these therapy now and not later? Why should I not, not wait and um, see if they will get better themselves? And um, why is it that you're better to just dive in um, because the first six years of your child's life the brain absorbs everything like a sponge so the baby's brain grow by cell um, by cells making connections with each other in the brain the more connections the more the baby's brains are going to grow so if you have a look at the image at the bottom um, there are three different images of different brain um, activities um, so at birth there's not a lot not a lot of learning happening, but there and um, but at the age of six, there's a lot of brain activity, a lot of learning happening, right? But then when you get older, when you're 14 years old, um, the brain activity is less. You're learning a lot less, and um, so it's important that up until the age of six, we're just teaching them everything and anything possible. So at the age um, um, age of six, children have the most amount of brain connections. So we'll have, so we'll only they will um, only keep the connections they use moving forward. Next point is uh, about speech versus language. So I have a lot of parents that come into the clinic and tell me, oh, you know, um, my child has speech difficulties. Um, um, can you fix this speech? And I go, okay, tell me what words do you not understand? What is it that you don't understand? And they say, oh, oh, my child doesn't really say anything. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. So a lot of parents get confused between speech versus, um, versus what uh, language is. So when you're talking about speech difficulties, you're talking about the production and clarity of how speech sounds are produced. So can, can you understand the word the child is trying to say? Um, so is it clear? Um, are they, are they, do they have a lisp or are they, are they replacing the sound but with the d? Um, are there phonological errors? Um, that's what speech is all about. With language, there's two main um, components with language. There's the receptive language and the expressive language. Um, the receptive being um, meaning the understanding of language. So how much your child understands what you're saying? Can they follow instructions? Can they um, answer who, what, where questions? Um, can they, if you ask them to follow an instruction, can they follow that? Do they have the capability of understanding what you're saying? And the second component is expressive language. So use of language through speech, sign, or any four other forms of communication. So whether it be through pointing, um, are they able to do that um, and communicate their wants, needs, thoughts, and ideas? So language would pretty much be being able to use your words, um, gestures, pointing to, to, to tell you what to, to express, um, sorry, to get them to express what they want and or need. Okay, so I know I'm going to get a lot of questions asking, when do I see a speech pathologist? Um, how do I know if my child needs a speech pathologist? Um, a speech pathologist and the answer is, there are lots of, if you were to just uh, do a quick Google, um, if you were to type in speech sound development norms or communication milestone, uh, milestone, milestone norms, um, you will find lots of data um, and uh, information about uh, their milestones. And if they haven't um, achieved their milestones just yet, then I think it might be, it would be very beneficial for you to um, see a speech pathologist. So I'm just going to go through some of the um, 
development milestones there are for speech sounds. Um, so I just copy pasted this from a website. So like I said, you'll, you'll be able to find similar information um, through Google. Um, so zero to six months, um, if your child is zero to six months, they should be making some noises like ooh, ee, ah. Um, they should be turning their head towards an adult. Um, when there's a sound um, in the room, they should be making eye contact. Um, if this isn't happening, then the implications are that the difficulties that may arise are it can affect um, social interference. Um, it can also affect oral muscle tone. So when you're making the sound ooh, ee, ah, you know, you're you essentially, you're, you're um, exercising your muscles, right? Your mouth muscles. But if your child's not doing that, they are going to um, have, they may have difficulties with speaking or even feeding or um, eating um, in the future. Now, by the age of six to 12, your child needs to start babbling and um, be repeating some sounds. So if you hear your child going, ma, 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 da, 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 pa, 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 all that, then that's, it's a good sign and again if your child's not doing that it's going to affect their social inter interactions with parents and again their oral uh, muscles um so by the age one to two years of age um they should be able to make the following sound p -p -m -m -t -t and um, by the time they are two years of age their speech should be understood by unfamiliar listeners by approximately 50% of the times. And um, if this hasn't happened, it's li likely to cause frustration due to not being understood, can um, obviously um, affect fluency and also clarity of speech. And also um, they're gonna have, uh, they're going to find it hard, or, you're, or you guys are going to find it really hard to understand them. So when a child is of two to three years of age, they now um, are continuing to practice the, the sounds they've developed in the previous year. And um, by, the, by the third year, they, their speech should be understood by approximately 75% of, um, of the times by unfamiliar listeners. Again, um, same implications, but as they grow older, their frustration is going to increase. And you will you will find that um, you know there might be a change in behaviour. Um, they might they might start to, to start to show more aggressive behaviour. Um, by the age of three to four, um, the child now should be able to um, make new sounds like um, g, yep, and h. And again, by the time they're four years of age, their speech should be understood approximately 95 to 100% of the times by unfamiliar listeners. And again, um, like I said, once they're older, there is, there's gonna be more, more implications that, that, that may occur. And um, just an added one would be, it can affect their expressive language because now, now that they are able to say words, they might miss um, some sounds and then their grandma, grammar might not make sense or um, they, their sentences might not have the right grammar, although they want, they are saying the right word, it might just not sound right. So by the, by the time they're four to five years old, again, um, new sounds, uh, um, they should be able to produce new sounds such as sh, ch, j, z, l, and v. And by the time they go into school, by five years of age, they should be understood by everyone, approximately or 100% of the times. Um, uh, an exception being for the sound er and th, um, where this might not be the case because, sorry, this might not be the case as um, they, those um, children perfect that sound at a later stage. But um, having said that, um, you'll find that kids who do have speech sound errors will have difficulties with spelling because if a child is saying, say, thumb instead of thumb, they're going to spell thumb as F-U-M-B, not T-H-U-M-B. Um, just before I move on to the um, communication milestones, again, all this information is on the internet, very readily available to find, um, but it's just good to know 
um, and compare yourself, your child to what, what the norm is and see and go from there, what, decide whether uh, seeing a speech pathologist would be helpful for your child. Now, I got this information from the Speech Pathology Australia website. So this, this is a great poster um, that lets you know about the communication milestones. And uh, so understanding their receptive language and their speaking, they're expressive. And it's, um, you can download it as a PDF. Um, so Navji, you can probably um, print this off and have this um, at, your, at your school just because it's, it's, it's a really good resource for your parents. Um, to have a read and if you wanted to maybe um, pass on um, the referral to a speechy, this, this is a good um, resource for you to have. Um, so at the age of um, 12 months, children can usually understand about 10 words, right? And they should be starting to use sounds, gestures and say a few words. Um, you might not necessarily understand them, but that's okay. They're going to continue to babble and they're definitely going to start be um, copying different sounds and noises. They should be, they should um, uh, respond to their names and they start, um, they should be starting to recognize greetings like hi and bye. Um, so once they're um, at 18 months, they can usually understand up to 50 words and they should be able to follow simple instructions. They can say up from say six to 20 single words. Um, some are definitely going to be easier to understand, but they're going to be more consistent and they're going to try and talk more. Um, they're definitely going to start copying you words and you'll probably hear um, for parents who have kids, um, who, are, who have kids at, um, in this age bracket will probably just say random words out of nowhere and that's them copying and hearing that word somewhere and then just saying it. Um, they, you know, um, they should be able to point and um, pick up on um, familiar pictures in when you read books or maybe shows. Um, at two years of age, children can usually follow simple two-step instructions. So, for example, give me the ball and the car. Give me two things, so two steps. Um, they should be able to say more than 50 single words and they should be able to um, um, join two words together. Bye, car or um, Teddy sleeping, <laughs> um, daddy home, daddy toilet, whatever, two words. Um, you will find that at this age, their, their favorite word is going to be no. Do you want this? No. Do you want this? No. Favorite, favorite word in the whole wide world. And again, they, they, they also start to make some speech sound, um, speech sounds. So at the age of three, um, in terms of their understanding, they should be able to understand complex two-part um, instructions. So give me the teddy and then throw the ball. Um, understand WH questions. Um, so sorry, just at two years of age, they, under, they should be able to understand what and where questions. And by the age at three, age, um, three years old, they should be able to now um, also understand who questions. Um, recognize basic colors, sort items into groups, um, animals, um, transport. They should be able to use, say, four to five words in a sentence. Um, they should be able to tell you some verbs, where, um, locations and like adjectives, blue, red, um, ball, red ball, blue ball. Um, so by the age of four or at the age of four, children can usually answer most questions about daily tasks. So what they're familiar with, um, they can understand most, most WH questions. Um, they should be able to use and, but, because to prolong their sentence, to make their sentences or phrases longer. Um, they should be able to describe uh, a recent event um, and they will bombard you with lots and lots of questions. Um, at the age of five, children can usually follow three part, so three step questions. Um, so put on your shoes, get your backpack and, and go outside. Um, they should be able to understand some time concepts. So do it now or you won't get your PlayStation now <laughs> um, or you won't get your toy. Um, 
in terms of talking, they should be talking in um, well using well-formed sentences um, and they should be understood by most listeners, so unfamiliar listeners. So that's a big important thing. Um, that's why I think school, um, they say kids are ready to be at school around five, 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 years, five years of age, six years of age. Um, and then, um, you know, they should be using past and future verbs correctly. Went, I went to the shops. So again, if your child um, isn't doing any of this, then it's time that you maybe see, go to, go to your GP and explore options or see a speech pathologist. Now, not achieving these milestones do have their own um, possible implications. Some of them being, again, affecting their socialization, um, you know, again, affecting their muscle tone. If they're not babbling, they're not going to have enough practice to use, use their oral um, muscles. Um, can um, impact again their feeding, their speech. Um, they may struggle to copy and learn if they have poor understanding and attention span, may have difficulties being understood by peers and unfamiliar listeners, and um, that will cause lots of frustration and lots of, um, you know, anxiety, lots of um, and maybe arise negative um, behaviours. They may also have difficulties expressing their wants and needs um, and eventually thoughts and ideas, which is very important because can we all imagine if, if we were them and we weren't able to express how our basic wants and needs, how bad um, that would affect us on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, we may have difficulties following instructions at home, childcare, school, and you know, these poor children who have these difficulties, um, who have these difficulties get, um, get labelled as the naughty children, the, the, the one that doesn't listen, that's the naughty one, he's always getting in trouble, yada, yada, yada. But in reality, they just have difficulties and, you know, um, and that's okay and you can get help for that. Um, you know, they may also have difficulties with responding appropriately to questions just because they, they don't have the understanding or they aren't able to express themselves um, because of the receptive and um, expressive communication difficulties. And lastly, um, not having the vocab means a word finding difficulties and it can cause um, cause cause speech disfluency. Oh, I'm just gonna have a sip of water. <laughs> oh, okay. So just very quickly, the very important question I believe um, all of you are probably this is going to be one of the most popular questions. Do I speak Nepali or English at home? Do I speak both? what is it i need help so research shows that learning two languages in childhood does not cause any confusion or language delay but however if you find that your child is having difficulties learning both the languages then that's a red flag in itself um if a child does have difficulties with the communication then and you are seeing a speech therapist and you are getting help you're getting therapy then i would recommend given that we live in australia all um therapy is to be done in english as they will be using english um in the wider community at school and you don't want to limit them um with with not being able to speak to their friends and and people outside of their homes okay sorry i've, I've taken up a lot of time this is going to be the last slide and then we're done. Um, so if you do happen to want um, to seek speech pathology services, then well, Medicare does provide some rebates. A number of Medicare rebates may be available. You just speak to the doctor, your, um, your GP, just because it can vary depending on the child's diagnosis and the GP will be able to help you more. Um, you may be eligible for, most of us will be eligible for the um, enhanced primary care plan package where you get up to five sessions that are rebated by Medicare. The plan expires one year after the date of referral made. Just um, just very quickly, just wanted to touch, touch base on um, Medicare rebates aren't free. So usually what you do is you go and um, you pay the fee and then you claim back uh, um, money through uh, using the Medicare app and Medicare will only um, give you some portion of the, of the fee back. 
Um, so if you do want some more information on speech pathology, you can, this can be found in um, the Speech Pathology Australia website, which is uh, listed just up here, or you can email me directly at savvy at speechified.net.au. And that's it for my presentation. <laughs> Thank you, Savvy. I think we, for me, as, as a, um, you know, new, a young parent, yeah. Knowing the fact that there are resources available online or, you know, there are government websites mm -hmm. there, even, even to know, you know, a lot of the time our parents or grandparents would be saying, oh, your kids is not speaking, you know, it's she, he or she would be four months or five months old, why isn't he or she speaking? I think we do get a lot of those uh, in our um, family. Mm -hmm. So I think having that access to that charts and um, resources is, yeah. um, which is great. Um, Dipen, did you wanted to add anything on? on that, on Savi's presentation? Oh, nothing to add. That was hell a lot of information. Thank you so much, Savi. I have um, written down a lot of notes. Um, so I don't want to repeat a lot of things that you said, but then um, they are very good information that you have provided, not just, you know, uh, for parents to help where those good resources are in the internet because internet is a huge world you can find a lot of information but I think you have given the right direction um, where to find out the good information for Australia um, and also I love the way you also covered on the you know Medicare rebates I think uh, that would help uh, parents to understand you know how they are going to get access of um, those services. So thank you so much. I, I think I don't want to add um, more here. And uh, I think over to Saurabh. Um, we are so ready to welcome the next speaker. Thank you. Thank you, Dipen. Um, if you guys have any queries, uh, questions that we can uh, talk about it towards the end of the program, you can put it on the chat box on the bottom of the um, uh, the, your meeting screen. Um, now, next to uh, back to our next uh, speaker. So I've given you guys a quick intro anyway for Navin Pandari. So I would like to welcome Navin Pandari, and then um, please take the stage. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm back again. Um, well, that was amazing, absolutely amazing, Savizi. A um, lot of information. Thank you. Um, thank you. I'll First of all, um, good evening again. Um, I'd like to thank, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, Dependency and Saurabhzi for bringing us all together. Um, such an amazing topic. Um, I'll get started uh, without a delay, like without any delay. Um, here you go. So um, my focus today would be um, obviously, um, like linking early childhood um, to speech and language. Um, we are all aware that um, Australian government is into um, invest, uh, on, uh, investing in early childhood education and what it, it is believed is um, you, uh, uh, there's a research that has been done that you spend a dollar on a child um, when they are little, when I say little, yeah, not to five, um, the country saves $17 when they're adult. So the, the government is so focused on um, early childhood education and care. Um, and, and it is evident, um, and this is the reason why uh, today we're living in a developed country. Um, the system of education in Australia, obviously um, in the past, um, about uh, early before 2012, um, every states and territories will have to have their own curriculum um, and everything was running the way the state and territory wanted. But in, uh, with a lot of research and with a lot of work, Australian government come into a, a framework for education, which is called the Early Years Learning Framework, that was drafted um, and approved by the Constitution of um, Australia uh, in 2012. So um, high quality, quality child, uh, early childhood education gives children the best start in life. It provides important op opportunities to learn and develop. Early childhood education can help you make your child uh, make friends, develop independence, and learn routines. It also supports the transition to school. So um, what I'll be like 
talking through today will be um, part of my experience with my own children um, on language and the transition to school and touching base on a bit of um, um, the early, early education for children. So um, I don't want to spend a lot of time on uh, what is early years learning framework, but I just want to uh, outline, I mean, touch base um, as what exactly it is, um, it is the focus in early childhood education. The focus is um, like valuing children, children's um, interest. Obviously, it is an interest-based learning framework. So children interests are very much considered in the system of education we have in Australia. Um, so um, we talk of belonging, being and becoming. So belonging is um, a child belongs to the, the um, I mean, you belong to a family. So a child belongs to this, the community and to the country or to the world. Um, so become a being is like a child um, wanting to be a mermaid or uh, imagine a child wanting to dress up as a pirate. So that's, that's uh, being and becoming is um, you, plant a, you plant a seed uh, or you are a gardener. Um, so they're all um, explained by Dong, Jasmine and Olivia. You can look at in, into the early years learning framework for more info. Um, before I head there, um, I want to talk about um, how important early childhood education is again. Um, I sincerely request families to um, send their children to some form of um, early childhood um, like learning centers. Uh, they could be a play group, family daycare, long daycare, kindergarten, preschools, whatever it is. So the reason is children need what is called social interaction. And social interaction is heavily linked to speech and language development. So like Vygotsky said, um, uh, children, the way children learn language is from peers. And um, like linking it to my own, um, own my, my own child, uh, my son, Eri, um, as Savio uh, showing us the development of um, stages of uh, speech development. Uh, when my son was about a year and a half, he could like literally name shapes, um, colors, all, all like correctly, even rectangles, so, um, rectangle and squares. But the problem was, um, because my son, uh, we, we, I mean, the sister was coming in uh, like um, when he was about 22 months. Um, initially started daycare, um, going to a childcare centers when he was 14 months, but we pulled him out because the um, parents were here and we, did see, we see no reason for him to um, go to the center. And one of the reasons I kept him in one was, uh, he home was to, for him to learn Nepalese. Um, so because we pull him out of the center, he spent a lot of time in a uh, screen time uh, on computers and everything on an iPad. So he's the second stage of which Savi was mentioning. He didn't get that uh, chance to explore. I mean, um, increase his vocabulary to, uh, to go into a language um, development. Yeah. So my son, when he was two, about two, he, uh, we, we could see that he was struggling with language, so we had to um, see, a, I mean, fortunately, as I was in a center with a, a health nurse on site, my son was uh, very early sent, um, sent to a speech pathologist, so we ended up sending him to um, a language development school um, for, for his, I mean, the focus was in that kindy, the focus was on language. So it is very important for a child to have the social in interaction to learn language. Um, and, you know, children learn from children uh, more than anyone else. So um, I, I, I urge families uh, in Australia, Nepalese and wherever it is, to send, please send their children to some sort of formal um, care where they can have um, like social interaction with other children and, and um, they learn language and speech. Um, Look, there's, um, in, in our curriculum, in, in, in the early years learning framework, it states that children have the right to be continu continuing users of their, own, of their home language 
as well as to develop competency in standard Australian English. I know um, children with children with difficulties in language or speech uh, may find it dif even more difficult uh, when they're introduced to two different languages. But with children with normal uh, language skills, I urge um, all the families uh, to speak their I mean, mother tongue or home language at home so they don't lag behind. Um, so again, um, as I say, um, children, uh, the way you can support um, children's language is by social negotiation or, um, uh, through um, interaction with other children. Um, please feel free to, uh, I'll have an email at the end, so you can copy my email and uh, send in or ask this question in Q&A. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention quickly about um, children to centres is, obviously, uh, a lot of families, both parents are working these days, and um, there is a lot of money put into the childcare subsidy. So please utilise um, um, the subsidy, send your children to um, formal care, uh, even though you have um, visiting parents living with you, so your, your child can go for assessment care or three hours, six hours a day. You don't have to sell your child six to six or something like that if you don't have to. But please do send them because children need to uh, be with other children uh, to support their language. Uh, the next one, uh, topic I would like to speak is um, transitioning your children uh, to a centre or to school. So I know it's it's very daunting for a child um, um, to go to a, a environment where they don't know the adults, they don't know the children, they are not familiar with the environment. It's a very challenging task for little children. So one other thing you could you could uh, do to help your child settle in easy, easily is uh, try and build the relationship with the teachers or the educators, whoever is there at the center. Um, go in to other school. Uh, do a couple of at least two visits before you um, formally enroll your child into the center. Um, go have it like play with your child in there, um, like talk to the educators and the teachers so they can build a trust uh, with the person um, that will look after your child. So um, the, other, the other thing I've, I've sort of um, also sort of, sort of divide the transition into three sections. One is before starting, before like physically going to the center, when you are at the center and after when, you when a child comes back uh, from the center. So before you start a center, you can do things like buying in our school, buying the uniforms, um, getting the lunch box, boxes sorted um, and the bags, I mean, all, all stuff uh, ready for ch a child to go to school. Uh, get them all ready. So they, they understand that uh, something like this is what's going to happen uh, and what is happening. So children feel a bit uh, comfortable um, going to school because you, you're sort of talking to your child. Uh, mention them that you're going to go to school, you're going to go to your childcare now. This is what's going to happen. It's difficult with a, with a uh, like infant, but if, it's, if, if your child understands, if he, he or she is year and a half or so, you can sort of explain that he's, he's going to go there. Um, um, like um, your mom or dad have to work, so uh, like tell the story, make it a story about going to school or read books about going to school. You could look at videos with your child about how, how school operates or centers operates, you know, so they know this, um, the, the um, environment. And then on the day when you drop your child, obviously uh, you do, you will have transitioning, like in my center, what we do, I allow families to come in for at least, that's compulsory, they have to come in for to um, orientation visit where families are asked to stay with the child for an hour at the center and and the child can feel the link between the educators and the, and their parents so do that but on the day on the day on the formal day you send your child home do not uh, to the center do not make it a full day even if you work try and organize so the first day for a child is not too long I'm just watching at the time as well. Um, so when you drop your child, uh, please do not skip out. Make sure your child knows that you're leaving. It's very important. And um, I know, I know, 40% of children they cry. Very uh, these days, children are both um, a bit more resilient, but 
still um, these few children, they, they have real, real trouble settling in. So make the day shorter, but do not interrupt, do not go back or do not um, try and pick your child early, very early. It's okay for a child to cry. So what do you do? You can, you can ring the center, communicate these days, um, like uh, it's all um, like days of IT, uh, like we use a online platform which is called Explore, um, where we can just click in photos, uh, child's learning, what they have eaten, if they had a sleep and everything um, to families like instant. So family know how their children are. Uh, if they, even the, if they're crying, um, the center, uh, these day centers will call you and go, this, look, this is how your child is. He or she is crying, but that's okay. We're looking after him. Please don't be worried, you know, but check in. And then, um, as I say, um, make sure you, you call the center and uh, assure yourself that your child is looked after. Um, and at the end of the day, when you bring your ch uh, child home, um, talk about the day, uh, ask them how it was, and so on. Oh, this is what I was speaking, so it's already done. So separation anxiety in children is common. Um, I was reading an article uh, and um, it, it says, it states that um, a child with no separation anxiety is uh, likely to be um, like lost. A child who is really onto separation anxiety uh, hardly, I mean, uh, like get lost. I mean, in a shopping center or wherever it is, because they will always look for you. So it's, it's very unlikely for them to um, like um, get, get lost, I mean, from the parents. Um, I've, um, I've covered a bit of it, so I still, um, if you have any questions, please um, bring, bring them up, uh, put them in the chat box and we'll have a talk. Thank you so much. I'll hand, hand it back to you, um, depend by. Thank you, Novinji, um, and thank you for your presentation. I think for me, uh, something that stood out from your presentation was, and it, it was actually a valid and very important point, was how uh, for young parents like us, you know, we tend to think that having a, our parents at home and keeping them at home, not sending them to uh, the childcare or childcare center or education center, which really affects their overall learning towards the beginning of the, the first five or six years. Mm -hmm. um, and and, I've, and I personally have heard from many of my friends that, oh, I've got my parents at home. Why bother spending um, bits and whatever it takes to send them over to that center? Uh, it's better to be, I mean, for these kids to be with their grandparents and learn their own language than sending them over to the child case and I think that was a very valid point uh, which I mean, uh, is sorry um I just missed something um out I mean the centers these days I mean a lot of family they, um worry about um sending their little one to a center but centers are highly regulated um no centers can um like uh, remain open if they not catering the children well um I mean, the centers are all assessed by the Department of Education. So there's seven quality areas where they check the center, uh, quality areas like staffing arrangement, um, educational program, health and safety, physical environment, and so on. So centers are really safe. Um, and the CCS is 85%. So if you, like, likely you get 85% because you're not, you're working. So even if the fees are $120, um, the benchmark is $11 an hour. So 110 out of 110, the Centrelink pays you 85%. So you sort of pay about $20, $15 a day. So, uh, and again, center provide food. So just food costs about that money. Um, it's a very good idea. It's a very good thing. I mean, that's a must for um, a family to send their ch children into some sort of uh, formal learning centers. And, and the reason is, uh, it's evident. That's why the government is spending billions of dollars in early childhood education. It's very, very, very crucial. They have to and, and the other thing that you raised was separation and anxiety among parents, especially, you know, uh, with me having a two-year-old at home, especially my wife, initial days when we um, had to send her to the childcare center, um, 
both us as a parents and mm-hmm. her uh, as as a kid, uh, we were both not comfortable, you know, early days. But mm-hmm. finally, she's getting used to. She hasn't still, um, you know, she talks at home. She plays. She, you know, does anything a kid would do at home. But she's not yet the kid, the same kid at uh, the um, childcare center. So probably that is something like as a gradual process. And I'm I'm, um, I'm a parent that that felt. I really feel guilty about what I did for my, to my son. Um, obviously, we were busy. Um, there was a second child coming in the family. Um, a child who had all this concept of numbers and letters and colors at 18 months had difficulties in language. So, and I feel the reason is he didn't get any social interaction. He was on iPad. He was covered within four walls. So I, I really feel guilty about it. So please send your children to any sort of, there's play groups, uh, there's mother groups, um, there's like um, a lot of facilities out there, out there. Please check out, there's a lot of support. Use them. Thank you, Namjie. Uh, Dipen, did you want to add anything? Um, not, not really, I think a lot been covered already, uh, but I'd probably like to open up the Q&A if anyone has. Um, I had received two of them um, when we did the forms. Um, but I think um, the first question, Savi has already covered it. Um, how do you know if your child requests to visit a speech pathologist? I think that's been covered. Uh, but there was a, another question which um, was asked um, in the forms. Uh, I just want to read that out. And I think that would probably be for um savvy um sorry one i've got a private question that someone's asked me so maybe i'll read that at one that one out sure sure sure, you go first and then i'll I'll answer that that as a to everyone direct message yep sure um so the the question asked was my toddler understands whatever stated. Um, I think wh- whatever the parents are saying, I think he understands it very well. And he also repeats the word. He follows um, back to the parents. Um, but, but when he talks, um, he just talk gibberish, does, don't understand anything. Um, I think that, that, that was the only question, but I guess the parent here is trying to understand, is there any, um, intervention required, um, what are the guidance um, probably to be given at home? Um, when did, you, did you give me information on the child's age? Um, it just says toddler. That's okay, no. Um, um, but it should be around two and a half years. So yes, definitely, because um, they should be able to understand some of what they're saying if not completely all of it um and just because because a child under is copying doesn't mean that he he knows how to use those words um correctly so i would get a a a speech pathologist to assess him um assess his receptive language expressive language and his speech and maybe um look at, at his oral motor function um, is he able, is he, you know, has he, has he had those practice, you know, the muscle toning practice mm-hmm. babbling, um, through making the sounds that he should be able to do depending on his age and is he producing those sounds? If not, Hey, what can we do? So I would definitely suggest, um, getting, um, a speech pathologist to assess the child and his communication. Can I add, add a bit on that, um, dependency? Yeah. Um, I'll be very interested to know if the child uh, is attending any sort of um, uh, formal care. Yeah, definitely. Because, um, um, you know, we say monkey say monkey do. So the problem with um, receptive and expressive languages, children are so much into um, the pad nowadays. They mm-hmm. just receive language and they don't have the practice of expressing, expressing the language. What is important is when I talk to you, uh, if you talk back, um, th- this is social. So what children really need is instead of that pad, they need a child to play with them, to learn all the skills. Right. Yeah. 
uh, yes. So, so peer learning, human interactions is is the best form of learning, and I agree with you, Nabji, because uh, most of my kids who who, who um, have gone to preschool or say um, a learning centre, formal learning centre, um, their speech, their language just peaks, and they're learning new words. You know, um, they're learning new words using a word in all contexts, and I go, well, maybe you don't need me <laughs> after all. And you, you find that when um, when they get that experience and through peer, peer learning um it's just amazing how your child just rockets all the way up it's it's it, i've seen it and i'm i agree with you peer learning is is the best way of learning yeah i'll give you uh, again i'll go back to my son when it comes to speech and everything mm -hmm. um i had so much confidence on my son that I, had, I was hesitant to take my child to a speech pathologist. Yeah. I know the reason. I knew what it was. Um, and I was so hesitant. I enrolled him into two schools, in a mainstream school and a language school. Yeah. And a lot of thinking, a lot of, oh, no, no. I was 50-50, even then I sent him to language school. And what I believe is if my child is very intelligent, if my child sits with a 11 children, small group, uh, where the children doesn't know, like, a lot of children hardly speaks. My child is not going to go ahead. So I pull him out, put him in a mainstream. Yeah. He's an E1. Still not quite there, but I'm, I'm happy now. Okay. Yeah. Great. That's great. <laughs> That's a good testimony. Okay. I think that officially been, um, you, you have another question to answer, private question. Yes. So um, someone uh, messaged me just a question regarding my son who is two years and seven months and he does not say many words. He draws a lot. Um, he draws a lot. Would this be something speech pathologists can help with? Um, definitely. Um, drooling, they should be able to control their drooling by the age of two. Um, so I would um, get that checked first just because um maybe there's some muscle weakness uh, the fact that he's not able to control his saliva means that he might not be able to control his tongue movements there might be other things happening um happening in the mouth and obviously i haven't assessed the child i haven't looked at the child i don't have any history so i can't really go in more depth with this question but already um um i would get get him assessed uh, for um, speech and because he's also not saying a lot of words and he's nearly three years old uh, um, I would also think about seeing a speech pathologist for um, getting um, you know getting him looked at and also maybe the speech pathologist can provide um, you with um, strategies to help with that um, um, oral motor control and maybe she'll uh, give you some exercises he or she will give you some exercises to help with that um, control of jewel jewel um, and maybe like I said I'm, I'm thinking there might be something else going on there not just drooling and no words um, another question uses smartphones does it have um, hinder toddler's speech. Uh, so use a smartphone. Does it hinder 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 oh, hinder toddler's speech? Now, like both um, myself and uh, Nabji Nabji said, kids learn best through human humans through peer learning. You're better off. Um, I guarantee that if you were to choose between a smartphone and a child or uh, uh, or um, social interaction, um, I would definitely choose. Um, choose you know the social interactions the child um, um, you know getting that one-on-one -on -one contact with another individual versus a smartphone but then again having said that you know a child you know a lot of child do learn through nursery rhymes do learn language through nursery rhymes cartoons um, you know um, all that so it's not really going to hinder a toddler's speech but I think it's important that we um, balance it so um, don't make them too engage, engaged on um, electronics that they're just obsessed with that. And, you know, there's no human interactions. And when someone is coming in the room, you want them to kind of go, oh, hey, not just, I don't know, they're there, just go on their iPhones and um, tablets. That's, that, that will definitely hinder speech, um, but there needs to be a balance. 
Um, so this might be a question for Nabji. <laughs> um, and, um, what is better, I uh, language development center, Tolke, or family daycare? Look, um, both uh, settings are approved settings. Um, they are both approved by the um, Department of Education, um, in ASIQA, we call it. Um, they are um, um, like assessed on the basis of those seven quality areas. Um, exactly same um, um, settings. But the difference is, I, I would suggest if you have to send your child to a family daycare, you do when a child is toddlers, a, a kindy child or a, uh, a three-year-old need to go to a bigger setting because a, a childcare center, I mean, long daycare is, has a kindy room where, which is aligned to a school, I mean, uh, which is, um, I mean, um, the curriculum is planned at par with um, the kindy in school. So it helps it transitioning to school. I, uh, family daycare have only have um, few children, uh, four or six, and it's a mixed group, uh, which is, which has um, benefits as well. But a kindy child better goes to a prop formal um, long daycare setting where they have a kindy room. Yep. With five kids or a lot of kids. I mean, a lot of kids um, usually helps. The reason is even if they have a lot of kids, they follow same ratios at uh, in family daycare or long daycare or, or in, a, in a kindy. So they follow a ratio which is one is to 10 in kindy. So it, it doesn't matter whether it's a family daycare or a long daycare, but um, the point is a long daycare kindy room is aligned with the school for transitioning them to school, yep. Uh, both are same. Do we have more questions? I mean, uh, been, I, sorry. I think, been, sorry, sorry, Novindi. Uh, I think we've got one more question on the form. Do you have it there with you, Dipen? Um, I, I think that question, um, oh, actually, yeah, there is one more. I didn't see that one. Um, my son is going to be five years old in coming October. He's non-verbal. Diagnosed, diagnosed as ASD. Okay, hang on a minute. I can't see the full question here. Do you want me to read it out? Yeah, that would be good. Sorry. Okay, yeah. so I'll start again. Uh, so my son is uh, will be five years old this October. He's non-verbal diagnosed as ASD3. Currently, he is enrolled in AEIOU for Early Intervention Program. He has shown good progress in all aspects except verbal. Yep. Uh, your advice will be highly respected. So probably for Savi. Okay. Um, so he's in early intervention at the moment. He's five nonverbal. Um, are they planning on taking him, um, um, putting him to school next year? That, that would be my first question. Um, I, if, if yes, I would suggest, if possible, putting him back, uh, not sending him to school for a year. And uh, because from, from what it sounds like, he's not ready for school just yet. And um, providing him with lots of therapy, so speech therapy, occupational therapy, um, you know, other uh, services that he may require. I don't know that him as an individual client. I don't know his case, so I can't really... Um, Add more to that in terms of him being nonverbal. I'd have to know what kinds, what forms of communication um, um, has been taught, has been um, in therapy, has been shown, and based on that, I can give you a um, strategies. But I would love for you to um, message me directly, just because I, I, for this particular case, I need to know more details, and I can't just you know tell you what to do or give you strategies because i don't know the child um and i don't know what the what what has been previously done in therapy um given that he goes to early intervention um 
you know, you're doing the right thing, which is really good. Um, I'd also like to know whether he's got funding through NDIS or even if he's um, accessing any other therapy, speech pathologist, occupational therapist. Um, but I think it's best if you could please email me and then I'm more than happy to contact you directly and then we can, I can give you more strategies and give my input um, once I know further details. Um, so I've just got a another question. Sometimes I feel that I don't understand him, my two-year-old son, rather than he understanding me. Do you think that's what happens to, to happens toddler parents, or this is a problem of speech delay need intervention? Oh, I've missed that question. So no, 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 I feel that I don't understand him. So you okay? So this is, is this from the same parent? So so this is a question from the same parent. And initially she had said to me that he's, um, um, sorry, let me just read that out loud. Um, so she's saying sometimes that she feels that um, she, she doesn't understand her child more than um, his understanding of what mum's saying. Um, do you think that happens a lot uh, to a lot of toddler parents or is it just a speech problem uh, or does it need an intervention? So the same mum had asked um, that, let me know that the child is swimming us two years and seven months and he doesn't say many words and um, you know, there's drooling issues. So I think I, I would definitely suggest that there's something going on with the the, the, the oral motor, the, the mouth area. And I would definitely, um, see a speech pathologist um, to get more information on this just because and again it's really hard for me to make any recommendations given that I don't know the child uh, personally I don't know the background um, history I don't know what else is going on and I think there's 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 more going on that maybe the mum or the dad hasn't picked up on and uh, um, sorry <laughs> the dad hasn't picked up on and um, and I, I, you know, if you want, more than happy for you for you to contact me directly, and I can provide you um, to the right. I can provide help and also direct you to the right direction if, if that's what will make you uh, make it easier for you.